Hey everybody, welcome to the Gen Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name is John, I'm the engagement pastor here, and sitting next to me is Kyle Davies, our lead pastor who found a whole stash of, Kyle, what even are candy, those? Candy, 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 like the flavored Tootsie Rolls. No, they're they're the, they're they're the not even, fruit chews. So they're so, not even good Tootsie Rolls. No, they are the good Tootsie Rolls because the fruit is way better than the chocolate. So it's healthy to eat it. Yes, clearly. So it's, that's your excuse to eat the whole bag before just, we leave today, yeah. right? I mean, if they're vegetable flavored, I'm certainly they would be better for you than the chocolate ones. I'm pretty sure that says fruit on there. Kyle, you know fruit and vegetables aren't the same thing, right? Yes, I do know that. But okay. look, it's I'm, all I'm the, just all clarifying for those at home. Pretty those colors. who are watching at home, they have to know that Kyle Davies knows the difference between fruits and vegetables. But these are the fruit chews, so these are good for you. Fill you up, right? We're, you know, we're rocking and rolling today. Yeah, so for those of you at home, Kyle has now endorsed that candy is healthy for you just because it says fruit on it. I hey, bet your kids will be Halloween. so excited for that. If you had any kids that got our baskets, now you now you know if it says fruit on there, even if they wrote it themselves, it's healthy <laughs> and they can eat as much as they want. Clearly. The kids are loving this. Happy Halloween. And the parents are hating this because now they get the sugar high. And Please show have this fun, to your parents. kids. You get to enjoy corralling them. So if you're joining <laughs> us today, I'm excited that you are with us because we want to go on a journey with you of helping you grow in your everyday faith. And so that's what we're doing. We're going through the book of Mark together. Yep. And today we're in Mark 3, chapter 3, verse 7 through 19. So Kyle, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw this over yes. to you. Catch us up. Where are we at in the story? What's the context of what we're going through today? So Jesus has been on the scene doing ministry for a little while, and we're picking up the story in Mark, and as Mark's compiling this, right after what we talked about in our Sunday teaching. And so right at the end of Sunday's teaching, and really what it was primarily about was mm. how the Herodians and the Pharisees were coming together and saying, we have to get rid of Jesus. So there's growing attention on Jesus, two groups of people who were uh, opposite each other, yeah. does not like Jesus. They, <laughs> they, they, want, they, they want to get rid of Jesus. And so what we're going to see is Mark begin to make the transition from just all these groups of people, the, these diverse responses to Jesus, and mm. to really how does Jesus begin to react and respond to these responses to yeah. him? Yeah, because what we see, like, I, I like how you said it this weekend. I think it's really apparent, we'll see kind of a little bit today, is Jesus is flipping upside down the cultural norms, yep. which is pushing the society. And so it even takes two people that are complete at opposite ends of viewpoints and backgrounds of society. They can agree, we don't like these cultural norms being yep. pushed. Yep, and so you have different groups of people that at, up to now yep. are starting, as they're getting to know Jesus, deciding they don't like Jesus. And so that brings us into today's passage. So John, as we get into this, let's let's just go ahead and look at this. I mean, yeah. as as we get into this passage, are there any is there anything that stands out to you as we as we read and look at Mark chapter 3 verses 7 through 19? Man, I I think one of the biggest things we see right here is we see Jesus bring together his 12 apostles. Okay. And the interesting thing is here so far in the book of Mark, I mean, we, we've seen five of these get called and invited to okay. come and follow me. And now Jesus has this big old crowd following him, goes up to a mountaintop, and he 
has his five already, and he calls out the other seven and invites them. Okay. And, and in my translation, it says he's appointing them, and he's inviting them in and giving them authority to come and follow him so, in this journey. So it seems like these guys are distinct from the larger crowd of people who are observing Jesus. So so we've got, two, we've got, yeah. two, we've got two layers at this point, is if you go a little earlier in the multitudes, you back mm. up a little bit. It's just something I notice is— that these, there's these large crowds, and they're coming yeah. from all the different regions, Jerusalem, Edomia, beyond the Jordan, Tyre, and Sidon. So, so you have groups of people who are coming from far away now, not just Galilee, to observe and encounter Jesus. And it's out of these larger groups that Jesus now is appointing that 12. So I guess, John, as, as we look at this, and are, are there any are there any surprises in our passage today? Because one of the things yeah. is that, as we as you make observations about yeah. the text is is there anything that would would catch the initial reader off guard or maybe even for us today seems seems a little odd or, or surprising yeah i i think if you go to 11 and 12 uh, it gets a little interesting there when uh, you see these unclean spirits they mm-hmm. see jesus they fall down before him and they say you are the son of god mm. And Jesus says to him to not make that known. Mm. And then we see a little bit here, a couple of verses later in Jesus talking about his appointment to his apostles is that so they, they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and that they have authority to cast out unclean spirits, these demonic yeah. spirits. Yeah. So so here's this like little random yeah, fact yeah. fact that, that I'm, I'm, I don't know if we if. As you're reading through Mark, the only other person who has rightly identified Jesus as the Son of God is God the Father. So, yes. so, so, the, <laughs> so, so, up to this point, everybody else is like Jesus. We're not sure we like we like you. We're we're a little confused by you. We're not sure if we know exactly who you are. God yeah. the God the Father says, "You are my Son. I'm well pleased with you." And then demons say, "Hey, you're the Son of God. You're 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 God in flesh. You're, you're divine." And Jesus is like, "Stop!" Like quit telling people so so yeah. that that is that is surprising it, i i think i i like the point that you make there because we even talked about the pharisees this past week mm. and the interesting thing about them is like they are the people that have been tracking along from the old testament they're the jews who have been watching the law following the law expecting this messiah and yet they yeah. can't even rightly identify the son of god and yet it is these unclean spirits that do and the unclean spirits they're identifying this in the midst of this people so it's not like jesus off somewhere hidden with with them when they say you're the son of god the people are hearing this like in the presence of others so two things that i i really think as as i'm as i'm looking at this passage is it it points to the incompleteness of the disciples' knowledge, and two, it it's it mm. points to Jesus saying, "This is not quite ready for for me to get who I am out there." In the sense of, mm. remember, the Herodians and the Pharisees were already ready to kill him. So it's almost like he's he's trying to say, "It's it's not quite time yet for me to die," because the disciples who have been with me don't even completely understand that. So it'd be yeah. premature for. Uh, me to die. So that so that's how mm. I see this initial contrast is you have the multitudes and then you have the few and the multitudes as they're observing Jesus are hearing Jesus is the son of God. But the disciples who are there with Jesus can't rightly understand that. So what's Jesus do is he almost backs off, yeah. comes to a mountain and says, OK, now I'm going to select 12 
to to be with me. Yeah. Understand who I am. I'm going to send them out to say this and then live under my authority. So, I mean that, that that's what yeah. he, that's what he says in those verses and just one other observation that that I make out of this is you have different groups of people from all over the the countryside coming to see Jesus mm-hmm. and then when Jesus selects the group of people to truly begin to understand who he is yeah. they're also from different locations yeah. from all over Israel mm-hmm. few are from Galilee a yeah. few uh Judas was likely from uh Jerusalem um a couple of the other ones were were likely from uh, Tyre or Sidon or Samaria, and so so you have some from Galilee, you have some who are, who are down in Judea. Yeah. Um, you know, again, some some of the background we, we don't completely know, yeah. but but we know they're not all from the same location. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, it's unique in that, and it's even funny when we begin talking about like here generations how we want to be a a unique community that has people who come from different backgrounds, come from yeah. different places, different walks of life. Like this is what Jesus is doing right here with the crowds in front of him. He is inviting people mm. in who aren't just of one background of one belief system. Like he is inviting people who yeah. come from very different places yeah. who have different stories and different walks of life. And I think one of the things that we learn about God, when we, when we look at this and we begin to rightly understand that is God wants us to personally know him. Mm. Like, I, I mean, I mean, look over here when Jesus says, I want you to be with me. Yeah. Follow me. Yeah. I invite you in. Yeah. And like, you see this, like the, the unclean spirits and the demons, they, they say, you are the son of God. And he goes, you have that right. I don't want you sharing that message. I'm inviting in these apostles, these mm. disciples, because I want them to personally experience, to learn, and to know that by being with me, I'm inviting them in. And then sent, turn around and sending them out yeah. to, to say that message. So yeah. it's not like it's not like he doesn't want that message to get out, but he's choosing to work through these individuals yeah. who are from who are from all over all over Israel. And so I find that just so fascinating that. We go from we wanting this, all these observers. So two things. Yeah. People are observing Jesus from all these backgrounds. And then those whom he invites to have a more of an intentional relationship with yeah. are st- is still a diverse group of people. Yes. It's not like he's like, okay, I'm only going to take you know, the, the people from Galilee with me this time. It's, it's he's got several others yeah. with him from different areas to begin to spend time with. And from that, Again, be with, send out to preach, and live under his authority to then cast out the very demons and, and yeah. maybe even hear some of the same things mm-hmm. that they've already heard. Yeah. Mark's weaving together this beautiful story that's beginning to display and communicate the authority of Jesus and not just the authority of Jesus from people standing on the periphery and hearing who, that Jesus is the Son of God people actually beginning to experience this sonship and the divine authority of Jesus and participating in that within the world. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I think my only thing that I, I'd kind of push you and say like how, like we, we learn a lot about who Jesus is. Okay. About what he wants us to know about. Like he invites us into this personal relationship. He invites people from all over the place. Like what do we begin to learn about humanity from this passage? That we're, thick 
<laughs> that were thick. Oh, you, you need to elaborate uh, okay. that. Okay, so so maybe thick's not the right word. So so maybe we're a little dense at times. Maybe we're a little bit slow to to truly comprehend who Jesus is. Okay. In um, that sometimes others, um, especially in the spiritual realm, have a better understanding of who Jesus is and his authority and role within the world than even we do. And so what I would say is probably what Mark is really trying to get his his original readers to understand is yeah. that this the disciples have been invited to go on a journey to discover what the demons already knew about Jesus. Mm. So so it's to go from keep Jesus at a distance at an observation to begin to to know him intimately yeah so to go from that Im- invitation being invited to follow jesus to to actually knowing him and then not just knowing him but being able to imitate him yeah so because that's where the the send out to to speak and preach and the and the cast out demons is they're imitating what jesus has has already done and so what mm. we learn about humanity is that sometimes we can be a little slow to the party yeah. but at the end of the day we're to imitate Jesus. Mm. We're, we're, we're to know him, have yes. that intimate relationship, but also imitate him. Yeah. And and I know sometimes there's some pushback on that in our world of saying, well, we can't really do what Jesus did or, you know, I, we're not sure, you know, the, the old slogan is, you know, what, what, what would Jesus do? And yeah. I, I think sometimes we speculate and we ask that open-ended question, but at the end of the day, well, let's look at what Jesus actually did and let's start to do yeah. what he actually did did and as we start to do what jesus actually did and then we'll begin to i think see people who are freed from like frankly like the demonic forces the things that oppress yeah. the the faulty understandings of who jesus is begin to uh dissipate and jesus be made clear in our world yeah so how do how do we begin to bridge that gap then like mm-hmm. you, you started off and saying yeah. like sometimes we can we can be a little bit uh in your words, thick or dense <laughs> in, in that sense. But no, like seriously, how do we begin to bridge that gap? Like if we as humanity, like sometimes we, like, I mean, even another word you could use, sometimes we can be stubborn, but mm. even to like understanding the truth and then beginning to allow that to shape and grow our life. Like how, how do we begin to bridge that gap of what we see here into our everyday life? Yeah, I think the, the, the most simple uh, action for us is to see how Jesus transitioned from the crowds and all the awareness and opportunity that he had with the crowds mm-hmm. to spending time with a few less people. Yeah. Now I say that because I think for us as Christians, what, what we have to realize is, is sometimes we spread ourselves too thin we we try we try to befriend everybody. We're supposed to love everyone. So so we we're trying to we're spending all of our time with so so many people that we actually don't ha- develop any depth. Yeah. And what happens is when you don't develop any depth, you, mm. you're not actually able to challenge some of the faulty beliefs about Jesus and who he is and what he's like and how he would have us act. And so what Jesus does is as he assesses the crowd, he retreats. In, in another passage of scripture, it, it talks about how Jesus prays all night about whom he shall select. Yeah. And so I think for us as, as Christians is we should, the principle here is to begin to invest in a few people to develop some depth with them, some, some true friendship and to truly help them understand who Jesus is. But, 
but sometimes when we do that, we, we stop that and go, well, then we only do that with Christians. Well, that, that's not who Jesus is, is, is spending no. his, his time with. He's not spending his time with people who already understood who he was. He's spending his time with some people yeah. who had an an okay understanding of who he was, but but wanted to have a growing understanding of who he is. Yeah. So, so he invests in them to go beyond just the surface, to go deeper. And then what you actually see, if, if, we, if we skip ahead in the story, is the reason he starts to tell some parables is because he's really trying to help his disciples understand who he is and what he's about. And mm-hmm. so for us, we need to start being with Jesus and asking, who are we supposed to be spending our time with? And as we look at our close relationships, some should be mature Christians. Some should be some Christians on about the same wavelength as us, come to that peer relationship. But then some of us, we need to have a few relationships with people who aren't followers of Jesus. Yeah. And so that we can show them what it looks like to go from initial invitation to intimacy to imitation of Jesus. Yeah, I, I I like how you begin to kind of flush that out because I mean I think you tangibly see Jesus have these relational spaces right here in this passage. Yeah. I mean he has this kind yeah. of core group in which he has some of that intimate um interactions with. Yeah. Where I mean you see him have some of his closer some of the guys that are a little bit closer to him, you, and Peter and James and John, who are kind of his tight knit circle, who yeah. uh, you'll see in some of the other passages, who he'll specifically take those yeah. three to do do stuff. Yeah. But then he has his wider twelve, in which I mean he has that personal relationship with them. He's doing everyday life with them. Yeah. But then he also has some of that social sphere, which gets out a little bit further. Yeah. He's not spending every day, every hour with them, but yep. I mean, they still get together. He yeah. still interacts with them, and I think yep. something we even see later on is. Jesus, like, doesn't just only deal with these 12 and only send out these 12. No, he, like, sends out 72 later on. Yes. And it's like, where are those 72? Well, they're still around. They're in his social space, but yep. they're not, they might not be with him each and every well, day. And then the crazy thing is if you start to think about the math on that, is, like, if Jesus had 12 and he trained those those pairs to have 12, so, again, each each pair is, a like, so each pair, so that mm-hmm. means there, there's six pairs, and if six times twelve, isn't that seventy-two? Did I do that math right? No. What what's six times twelve? Actually it is. So so yeah, so <laughs> so I'm not crazy. I'm not A crazy. Little bit, sometimes. So so but but if you think about because that's what he does. He he pairs them out. They're 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 grouped there in pairs. So he, he teaches every pair to have an additional twelve. And so if we think about that, it's yeah. as as we begin to invest in people, yeah. the goal is to then say, Hey, who are who is the the chain of people that you are that you are investing in. Yeah. So not to not get at super ahead in our story, too too far to to remove ourselves from this passage. What I think we see and what we learn about God is that um, He wants Himself to be made known through the context of relationship. Yeah. At the core of that, and that's why Jesus invites these twelve guys to be to then speak a message and act under his authority yeah and i i love how we begin to frame this up this is something i'm passionate about because it kind of reminds me of the relational spaces we've talked about a little bit before but at the very core of it it's you with jesus Hmm. it's you with god son 
uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's be with him. And it's out of that that we have relationships with others. Yeah. We invite a few close people into our intimate space. We have some people in our personal space that we're doing dinner with regularly. We're having coffee. We're inviting them into our household. We have people in our social space that we, we see regularly, yeah. but we're, it might not be an everyday thing. And we have people in our public space that we see around. But I love one of the things that you said is that not all of them are already believers. Hmm. That some of them are intentionally people who come from different backgrounds, who have different beliefs. And I remember I was sitting down, um, I was having dinner with someone last week. I remember we were just having a conversation mm. and he made a comment to me about kind of like what he could do, like following this conversation. Mm. And I'm like, man, like, like I, like my encouragement is that you would go and have something similar with someone else. And he goes, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, man, like I, I would sit down yeah. and I'd have dinner with you regardless of if you came to generations, regardless of if you said, yes, you'd follow Jesus. If yeah. you, if you completely pushed against following Jesus, pushed against coming to generations, I would still love you mm. and want to sit down and eat a burger with you. Yeah. Like it, it's when we begin to really embody that and say, hey, I'm going to live out and follow Jesus every day. And what it means here when it says preach, it doesn't just mean, hey, you get to stand up on yeah, Sunday. And exactly. Preach. No, no. Like preaching is proclaiming the good news. Yeah. And that can just be in a conversation where you're sitting down at a dinner table in a restaurant. You're having burgers, you and someone else, and you're just talking about Jesus and you're proclaiming who he is and what he's done in your yeah. life. So it's totally OK for you to to start with exploration yeah like as the crowds yeah. like let i mean so so if you're if you're hearing this and you're trying to figure out like man i'm not at the place where where i'm i'm ready to to imitate jesus or i'm not yeah. i'm not quite ready or i don't feel like the intimacy is there like it's okay to start with exploration yes like and so just our pathway at generations, I, I could have totally used this earlier, but it's yeah. like, it's okay to start with exploration yeah. and begin to then engage with Jesus, engage with us at generations, uh, you know, with us, whether it's serving or, or participating in stuff like this to then go from engagement to embody and to, to adopt that to, to, as you engage with Jesus, as you engage with following God to then say, okay, I am going to adopt the character and priorities and I'm going to begin to live them out in yeah. my everyday life. And after you begin to embody them for a while, you will face opportunities to then extend that to someone else. And so that's what you see the pathway here yeah. is the crowds go from exploration and out of the crowds, they go to, to engaging with Jesus and out of engagement to Jesus. They, the, the disciples, the, these apostles begin to embody Jesus by doing some mm. of the same things that he did. And in doing so, they're extending the good news that God is breaking into the world, that he has not forgotten his people, that they are not alone, and that life can be different. And he shows them how to truly be human because he loves them and he wants them to experience the free, the freedom uh, yes. that comes from being in that relationship yeah. with him. Yeah. And when we begin to do that, we will see the family of God expand for generations to come. Thanks for joining us this week on the Gen Church Midweek Podcast. We want to help make your faith an everyday faith. So interact with us each week as we continue to go through Mark. Hop online, go grab our discussion guide that we drop there each and every week so you can walk through Coma with us as we do these each and every week. Drop us a question or a comment if there's something that stood out to you today because like, we want to interact with yep. you. We don't just want this to be John and Kyle throw everything out at you. No, like throw some stuff back out at us. What stuff stood out to you? What surprises were there? What meaning? did you take away or even what's the action or application in which God has called you to this week. Hope you'll join us next week on the Gen Church Midweek Podcast.